Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today we invite not only all of you adults to sit up on the couch or the park bench or the beach or any of the random places that you do. All the people that are listening to us and said that we're interrupting their exercise regime because they've been (laughs) running and they find themselves stopping to have to re-listen to a piece. (laughs) So we invite not only all of you lovely grown-ups, but also the children who live inside you as well to sit, pull up a comfy cushion or a mat Um, and enjoy this next half hour as we go back to nurturing the little person who's not only deep, deep down still inside you, but has a lot to say. Jane? Yes, and quite often actually runs the show. Usually, usually does. Unless you're consciously aware of your childhood's needs, wants, and unresolved pains, your little child who may have experienced something yucky at 6 or 8 or 12 or even 14, as Jane just said, is still running the show and the adult cannot get on with the show until the child is healed. This is a big topic. We haven't it is done a this big yet. topic. A We've touched on it. We've touched on it in the extreme art of uh, self-love. We did touch on it. We did a really nice exercise in there about rescuing the inner child. However, we do need to talk about how does it play out, what does it look like, what does it feel like, and how can we address it? Because this is a really major tool for self-work. If if anyone, if all of you out there listening have emotional blocks because we're human, we've all got our stuff. And this is, look, if there's one thing I've learned through 10 years of this work, it's that anything and everything that presents as, as an adult came in childhood. Absolutely. It all started way back when, and this is why inner child work is imperative, and that's why we're devoting half an hour to it today. I feel that every time that you are dealing with somebody who is coming from fear or every time you are coming from fear, you're actually got the inner child running the show. And that little inner child, if you're you're not recognizing it, you're actually out of control of your own life because he or she can be quite destructive and attention-seeking. So what the inner child is, is the child within you that has huge parts of themselves that feels unloved, unworthy, not good enough, not smart enough, funny enough, rich enough, pretty enough, fill in the blank. And they are wanting to be noticed, acknowledged, validated, loved, cherished, adored, worshipped. And they will do everything they can to act out until you notice them Mm -hmm. and you give them the attention and the love and the respect that they deserve. And I know, I know it sounds so kind of pop psychology, like it's that, it does, you know, it? if you could just go back and give that little five-year-old self the hug that she needed the day that it was raining and mum and dad left you outside and, you know. But it, at least we're not just blaming the mothers all the time. It's always the mother's fault. Well, now no, it's always the inner child's fault. Yeah, but it, but it actually is that literal. We are literally saying to you that the times in your young life that you felt the most hurt or the most pain, you know, for those of you who may have been adopted, even if you had the most loving parents ever, there's still themes of abandonment and rejection. There's stuff from in utero. Kids pick up stuff in the womb. Let alone, this stuff can go back to the first six months you were alive. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to remember it, but your subconscious has been deeply imprinted with any type of emotional reality of trauma that it's held onto. And it's the, it's obviously the healing of that, which needs to take place now using 
the imagination to access that. We'll, we'll give all these tools in a minute. But I think one of the things we could start with too is is how does how do we recognise how the inner child can be acting out? Right. So for example, um, I know it's about a year ago I was coaching a wonderful fifty two year old high flying executive, um, lovely man, flies around the world, very successful. Um, and he has no trouble at all in meeting women. He can get into the early dating stages and then he kind of just stuffs it up. So because he spends six months of his life in another country, he's actually from another country, and I like to say this, he flies in to go to my dinners. How cool is that? But he also does spend time here in Adelaide um, uh, for his work as well. And so I... Because he flies a lot, a lot of his early building of a relationship is over email. And he would find that he would read an email and so often as we all do, we misread them, a button would get pressed in him and he would fire off a negative email, which of course sabotaged the relationship. So we looked at this happened just about every single time. And what was happening was it was the inner child that was writing that email. It was the little boy that was going, she's not seeing me for who I am. She's misunderstood me. She thinks I'm this, this, and this, and I'm not. I'm this, this, and this, and I'm going to tell her so. So off went the email. Now, how's that working for you? It's not. So once we addressed this concept with him, and of course, I took a lot longer than I just have in this few moments here, but he really got that. And so he was able to just recognize that that inner child was wanting attention and wanting to be seen for the beautiful, perfect little boy that he is and was firing off cannons to somebody else. So what that enabled him to do was that next time an email came through and he had a button pressed, he was actually able as the adult to say, hang on, let's just pause on this. We're going to go and sleep now or we're going to have a delay before we reply to this email. Of, and I recommend it always asleep. I think asleep's a really important process before you respond. And I'm happy to say that he's actually been in a relationship six months now. Wow, he broke a pattern there. He really broke it. I got this amazing email probably about three months after the coaching session and he just said, I'm recognizing it all the time now. Mm. Sometimes I'm not able to hold him in check yet because, again, it's a habit that we've got to get, we've got to break. But he obviously got to a point where he was really able to manage that and, mm. and now has sustained this beautiful relationship. So that that's one way that that child can can play out. Yeah, there's look, there's so many points here. If you have a childhood, which a number of people will say things like, oh, I don't have any memory before five or I don't have any memories before eight or nine, big warning bells. You have had a traumatic childhood, Okay. Even if you can remember stuff, often what I find with people who are coming to me in their 30s, 40s and 50s is that they've never shed the tears. So there's been a lot of stuff that happened in their younger years, even right through teen years, that was full on and they had to just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going as you do in life. Humans, beings, bodies are amazing. We just survive. We go on autopilot. We power through. And then one day we wake up and we've got a tumour or we're miserable or our marriages keep failing or whatever's happening and we start to wonder why. And often a huge part of it is that that younger person, particularly if you had mum and dad who there was a codependency thing going on like maybe alcoholism or one parent was partying all the time or was emotionally distant or unavailable or you're being hit as a child or things like that were going on, there's usually a hell of a lot of grief and loneliness and just lack of love, uh, which hasn't been processed. A lot of tears which have never had their time to be shed. That's usually where adults will go on in life. They'll self-medicate, they'll do the drugs, the party scene, the cigarettes, the drinking, whatever it is. They'll throw themselves into anything and everything so as not to feel all of the feelings that that inner child is absolutely tortured by, absolutely weighed down by, okay? So 
look, and it's just amazing. I've had so many instances of this, even in the past week, I'm thinking of two or three. Yesterday I had a woman, a bit like what Jane just said. So Jane had a man who couldn't complete the energy loop of a relationship. I had a woman, same deal. Every time she started to to get close to a man, she would self-sabotage. She's in her 40s now. This has been happening since she was 17 years old, okay? And through an exercise I did with her, I took her back. And what comes out, it's memories of being hit by her father, of lack of self-worth, lack of being able to trust. And, and she was fear. not aware of that prior to she your session she yesterday. She had not made that connection right, as, as deliberately and specifically as that. Because you've kind of got your adult hat on. You're buzzing around life thinking, oh, how come my relationships don't work? Or how come da-da-da-da? You know, she's so out of touch with her younger self. So I took her back through an exercise, imaginative exercise to her younger self. We ended up doing an imaginative exercise where her seven-year-old self was talking to her dad at that time in their lives back in the 60s and her little girl was hugging the little girl inside him. So she was able to start sorry, the little boy inside him. He had a boy, not a girl. Yes, the little her inner child was hugging his inner child because the little boy inside her father was so lonely and scared and upset from his childhood. That's why he turned into an abusive asshole, basically. And when she was able to see that, she was sobbing on the couch. And it is when you take all of those layers away and you bring it back to the innocence and the purity of lost and stolen childhoods that you are able to truly forgive and release and heal. Beautifully said, Beck. Thanks, Jamie. Beautifully said. So other ways that the inner child could be playing out is I've got another lovely client who has to be right about everything. And so in her marriage, she has to be right about everything. And husband's now not really wanting to hang around at home too much. Surprise. (laughs) And so we had to look at, you know, the old do you want to be right or do you want to be happy thing. But at the same time, we had to recognize that her inner child, I actually think that up until she's been working really hard over the past couple of months and she's making great, great progress, very proud of her. However, up to that point, her whole adult life was actually run by her 16-year-old. It wasn't actually being run by this gorgeous woman in her 30s. No. And so she found that incredibly enlightening to realize it. Now, it's taken her, and she's still working on loving that inner child and, and giving her her own airspace. Sometimes I talk to mine, like I, I have to honor my inner child that she'll flare up and start partying on a bit with me and taking charge of things if I've not if I've not had enough fun in my life, if it's all been serious. Now, I love my work, but it is serious work at times. So I need to put more fun in. So it is time for me to then go and do some things that the inner child's going to enjoy doing. That's right. My mum used to always talk about, you know, sometimes I hear these 90 something year olds say, oh, my childhood, I never had time to play in the sandpit. Well, go and sit in the sandpit. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're 95. Go and do it. Exactly. <laughs> it's never too late because the inner child is always inside us. That beautiful, curious, imaginative, explorative, creative person is in each and every one of us. And I know we've touched on this in other podcasts where, you know, I've talked about adults just, we're not, we don't feel free to cry as easily as children. We don't laugh as easily as children. We don't even, you know, express ourselves, tell the truth, use our creativity like children do. Sometimes when kids come along, so when you're a mother or a father for the first time, you get a little bit of the chance to vicariously live through some of those things again. So I always see mums leaving behind the career they had in their twenties 
they, they have a daughter or a son, and literally as it comes through the womb, it births all this new creativity and fertility and ideas, and all of a sudden they start a creative stay-at-home business, you know, macrame or felting, or they're doing something, right? You'd see that too, yeah, Jane. Yeah, yeah. And it's because the coming of the children unlocks out of the womb and through the playful activity on the floor with the little kids, all of this, this inner child comes back out to play, mm-hmm. and amazing things happen. Yeah. The other thing I'll do is talk to my – I've got two inner child children – I have one that's seven years old who's, you know, she doesn't feel very pretty. She doesn't feel very, very, she doesn't feel that other people see her right. for who she is. Then I've got my 15-year-old, oh, boy, you see, I have to really watch that she doesn't come out to play because she is so defiant. <laughs> and she's a bit of a, a destroyer. She'll just, you know, come and take the whole room on. And so I have to really watch her. But that's part of, you know, when she comes out, that's, that's a button being pressed, which is something for me to heal and own and work on. Um, but I will check now. I know when that 15-year-old's buttons are likely to be pressed mm. and I'll know the scenario I'm going into. And I'll actually have a chat to her before I'm going into it saying, sweetheart, I know that you might feel a little bit like this, but it's just not that way. You, what, you, you're going to sit behind me. I'm in charge of this one. So you just get behind me. I've actually got your back and uh, watch how it's going to work. Because something else that I think is really beautiful, important to do is to actually marry together your older self with your younger self. So as Jane just said, let's say you've got to go into a big function or you've got to do public speaking or, or, or some level of something that you're really freaked out about and your inner child is losing the plot. And sometimes <laughs> you need to actually take, take them by the hand and say, do you know what? I, I'm the adult here now. I've actually got a lot more growth and experience and wisdom. You know, as Jane just said, I've got your back. It's going to be okay. Um, it's like you actually have to remind yourself how far you've come and that there is an adult present in the room that you can kind of calm that child down with. And yeah, and, and it's parenting your own self. It is. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's actually parenting it's yourself. Being it's telling adult. that child. And you Owning know, it. many of our listeners are, are probably mums themselves or dads themselves. Mm. So how you speak to your beautiful children, that is exactly how you speak to your own inner child. And this is a recipe, can I just say, for the world, you know, if there's somebody that you can't stand, like that boss who is just like, you know, a Nazi, you know, narcissist or the ex-husband or whoever the person is in your life that you find very, very difficult and they, they may literally bring up very strong feelings for you, hatred or repulsion. You know, maybe it's just someone you've seen on television, like a serial killer or a pedophile and you feel such strong feelings about that person. Try and look them right in the eyes and see the child inside. Because no child got, starts out in life looking to become that kind of a monster. Well, how about, you know? you know, we've recently had the crossing over of Nelson Mandela. And one of my favorite sayings of his is that no child is born hating. They it's, have to learn to hate. That's exactly what I'm saying. And so from that, of course, means that we can learn to love. I mean, to, to be really quite awful, I mean, I've read things in the past about both Saddam Hussein and Hitler about their childhoods and, you know, the, the hundreds of beatings, you know, domestic violence, um, abuse and murder in the families, things that they both witnessed as young children, which would have had a massive hand in turning their destinies and their paths, you know. So if we can get back to the fact that when a baby is born, it is this beautiful bowl of pure, clear crystal water. It is a clean slate. It is a white piece of paper that has not been written upon yet and if we can bring this level of compassion to looking at the adults in our lives and see the struggling young suffering baby or inner child in them it goes a long way in helping us to reach out at a more compassionate spiritual level to take the higher road exactly our beautiful friend amber petty wrote an article on her i don't know whether it was in the paper on her blog 
a while ago uh, about Tiger Woods, Shane Warne, and one other high-profile, I can't remember the third one, but a high-profile sporting, international sporting identity, and how all three of them had huge uh, breakdowns of relationships with their mothers through their childhood. Right. And so when you start getting this concept, it's really quite fascinating um, because every child is born perfect and beautiful bar none. I had a client recently who her inner child felt very ugly, very ugly, and she was uh, really seeking external validation of her appearance and she was going to extremes to make herself be noticed physically. And so we looked at that about how she truly believed her inner child was ugly. Now, I took her into a bit of a meditation kind of state and I said, now what about, and I could see this adult woman sitting in front of me, so I could very easily see the child. And her skin is amazing. Yeah. And I said, what was her skin like? And she went, oh, she's got really pretty skin. It's really good skin. And what about the eyes? Because this woman's got the most amazing, beautiful brown eyes. And so what about the eyes? Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. And I went through these different things that are all symbols of beauty. And so we had to change that distorted view of what was going on as a child. Now, every child actually is beautiful. Now, we might say that there are some that are born less fortunate physically, that they will still have great, beautiful qualities. We've not met people that don't have something going for them. Everyone's, everybody's got something. I mean, the Nobody's essence. got everything yes. and nobody's got nothing. That's right. Um, so it is recognising that that gorgeous child is perfect absolutely perfect and honour that because that child's not being told they're perfect mm. and they're not feeling perfect. And I would reference listeners at this point to our vulnerability podcast episode because a lot of the whole the mechanisms and the protective behaviours that we have as adults are there to obviously protect the inner child who feels extremely vulnerable for whatever reason. Um, because children can't protect themselves, you know, they can't. They don't have the language yet. They don't have the strength yet. They the don't resilience. have, they don't have the, the life experience yet. No, that's right. They don't have enough tools in their toolkit at all. That's why they are preyed upon. And that's why they are often just there at the, the brunt end of things that, that happen. Um, where am I going with this? What was I just saying? Okay. Vulnerability. 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 So, I'm you know, psychic. Yeah. So a <laughs> That's huge, getting you back on the last episode. Yeah, a huge <laughs> part of um, the work that I think needs to happen in adults right now in the world as a big theme that I'm seeing over and over again, particularly of late, really, really recently, is adults in many different ways are challenging themselves to be more vulnerable. And that is that bearing of the soul. It's allowing the more innocent side of themselves to come out and play. Let me put it this way, for example, have you met your husband's inner child? Has he met yours? Are there certain playful, beautiful, innocent qualities in there which perhaps don't quite feel safe to come out or that you've never really revealed maybe with your nearest and dearest in your life? These are all questions to challenge yourself on really the depth of the nature of your true self. How can you have fun with your inner child too? You know, write a list of things that either you loved doing as a child. So for me, it was doing as many cartwheels as in a row as I could That'd down be the right. beach. That'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I spent half of my childhood upside down because, you know, being the dancer and the gymnast and the acrobats and that, it was always upside down. And I'd have to be pretty careful now or I might end up being having to see a chiropractor every single day of my life. Um, however, I... I think that to 
get out and just do one cartwheel and have a huge giggle about that yeah would be a gorgeous way to connect did you used to play piano and then you let it go and you really you know you really loved it so why don't you still do it doesn't matter if you fall to mine is getting on the tennis court I love that you know I actually have not done that through all of my adulthood stopped in the teenage years and then picked up a racket about two years ago sometimes it's things like making a mess maybe you need to go outside and get dirty make a mud pie do a finger painting art is fantastic I I hold um, every three months for my members an abstract art class and it's so getting in touch with your inner child and it's it's just loads of fun but it can be th- simple things like you know have dessert first naughty things like yeah. be a little bit naughty cheeky. well tonight we're going to cheeky is a good word yeah we're going to have dessert first and then we're going to have our main course mm, every now fabulous you know? Not all the time, but every no, now and then. No, because if you're doing it all the time, then the inner child's running the show. Right. This is actually about creating a ceremony, a, a ritual that is to, which, you know, we're such a huge fan of both rituals and ceremony. Yeah. Um, of honoring that child. And the t- look, if you, life gets busy and it's hard to schedule in everything, you know, yes, I forget to floss my teeth. Um, but if you can start to recognize when the inner child's starting to act up a little bit. And that's the time for you to schedule some time in to have a play with her. Now, those of you who have children or nieces and nephews or other little ones around are very lucky because they are your teachers. They are the ones who are here to help you with this work that we're discussing today. Children, you know, they do everything without a filter. Everything just comes out primarily and naturally, like like it does with animals. It just It's just right there. The heart is on the sleeve. So this is also useful information for if you're parenting Remember how to parent your children the way you wish you had been parent. You know, be, be the parent that you wish you had had. Okay. And that means if one of your children is exhibiting signs of what we might call weakness or sobbing or fear or whinging, you know, as much as we want to give them healthy bound boundaries and discipline and things like that, allow them to have their emotional reactions. Maybe you never allowed to have yours. Don't shut them down. You know, don't say toughen up. Well, it was a big thing, wasn't it? But for people, you know, children of the 60s and 70s were sweeping under the counter, toughen it up, you know, um, don't be a crybaby. And particularly for a lot of our our highly sensitive listeners. That's right. That would have been how they were brought up, that, you know, that tears came too too easily was the perception. So just be careful that you're not falling into some of those subconscious parenting traps where it was done to you and then you were kind of saying, I'm never going to be like my mother. And then you catch yourself doing stuff just like your mother did. Um, you know, really allow your children to feel to feel safe, to be able to have the full spectrum of their emotional experiences. Laugh with them when they laugh. Cry with them when they cry. Don't be afraid to let your children see you laugh and cry so that they understand. You know, if mummy's sad, it's okay because she wipes her tears away and then they see that life goes on and the next day mum's okay again. And they learn that all emotions are healthy and safe as long as they're fully processed and they're sat in in the now moment. Yeah, they're not reactionary, that you're actually consciously aware of what it is, where it's come from and what needs to be healed. You don't need it. to be embarrassed about it. You don't need to close it off. You don't need to go in the naughty corner. Like You just need to be allowed to be whoever you are in that moment and Beautiful. to honour that. Let's give some tools and techniques, Jane, for those who need to do some inner child healings. If you've had some incidents of trauma from younger life, what needs to happen mm. next? Look, one of my favourite is using uh, Lorraine Webb's method. Um, she's written a beautiful book called uh, healing the inner child, I think it's called. You can get her book from the Adelaide Healing Energy Center and she does post it out internationally. Um, and, uh, she also, um, does these beautiful retreats where up in Uluru and Peru and Egypt and gorgeous places where you can go and have specific inner child therapy done. The short version of how this is, uh, this particular exercise of what she calls an inner child rescue, 
uh, and I do hope I'm honoring her process by giving the short version, is that you take yourself to a childhood memory where you can remember the pain and the trauma. Now, look, it could be with a family, it could be in the schoolyard, it could be, it doesn't matter what it is. Now, what I want you to do is witness you as a child. So you are the adult here now to protect this child. You've got this child's back. So you witness the child going into the scenario and you watch it play out. Now, as it plays out, you actually grab your beautiful inner child and you tell her all of the beautiful wisdom that she could have been told in that moment but wasn't. So you're going to tell her now about how it's not fair or it's not right or it's not good enough or this is, you kind of, you've got her back and you're telling her that she is worthy, she is beautiful, she is perfect and it's not okay to have this abuse of whatever scenario projected to her and on her. You then actually get her to, with your protection, to speak her truth to whoever the perpetrator is. Wow, that's big. It's very big. So get ready for some tears here. And this is to be done when you've really got some time to process and to really get into it. You're basically using using your imagination or intuition. You're reenacting, in other words, rewriting emotional memory, emotional reality. So you're basically rewiring your body and your brain with a story. You're changing the history. Correct. So then you have a have a crack at the other person. Well, you, you very respectfully speak your truth of what you want to say to the perpetrator or perpetrators. And then what you do is you thank them for the experience and you send them on their way. Yeah. Now you're left with you and your inner child who's likely having a few tears. Hopefully she is because you want to get this shit literally out of your body. Feel it. Absolutely. Feel this. The more you can feel it, the better that you're going to feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you grab her and you hug her or him and you tell her or just shower her with all the love that she needs to be given in that moment. So, you know, you're giving her the words, you're giving her the comfort, you're hugging her, all of that, kissing her. And then as she starts to calm down, you have a little chat to her about how you now are together, that she is no longer alone that you are with her and that you've got her back the whole time and that now it's the two of you together. Now, this final little piece is cute where you then watch her shrink right down really small and put her in your hand and then you place your hand over your heart, your popper in your heart. Yeah. And for those of you that experience loneliness, well, you're not anymore because there's, you're never alone any longer. There's two of you. Yeah. And in my case, there's three. Yeah. So it's and just a simple that, version of what Lorraine Webb's um, method is. That's right. And there are probably some variations that you could introduce to this if it feels right to you. It'd be like what I referenced earlier, like, you know, maybe let's say the perpetrator is a parent. Uh, you might not be able to kind of go there because you've still got a lot of stuff pent up about that person. But, again, if you can reduce that parent in your mind's eye to them as a child, it might be easier. Maybe the mm. two children need to have a And hug. as well, just stick with that incident. Don't blurt out everything that you're feeling about that parent for the whole lifetime. Just yeah. that one incident yeah. that, you know, um, Dad, you didn't come to my concert and you broke my heart that you didn't come and watch me at a concert. Yeah. It's not good enough. You should have been there. You know, that's all that you're needing to say is that it's not good enough. I needed you there and you weren't there. You let me down. That's right. That's right. Um, is there anything more? Which, that- by the way, that wasn't about my dad since I was a dancer. He did turn <laughs> up at concerts. <laughs> God bless James, Dad. We love you. We love you. <laughs> um, anything more that you wanted to say about 
self-sabotage, Jane, in the Look, inner child? It, it absolutely plays out everywhere. Everywhere that you are self-sabotaging in life is your inner child. Also people who have high levels of drama, dramatists, toxicity. That's all the inner child. Notice me. Please notice yeah, me. Tantrum. It's, it's adults who are basically throwing very big attention getting tantrums. Yeah. And we all can recognize those people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So they and, and the more drama that's in their life, it, the more that the inner child's running it and there possibly actually is no adult running that show at all. But the flip side of that, you know, when adults actually curl up in fetal position and turn their back to you or shut down and can't talk to you, you know, they revert into that, that inner child as well who's kind of curling up in a ball and, and shuts yes. down. So you can see it in the flashy, showy, loud way or you can see it in the, the world's too loud and too hard, shut it out kind yeah. of a way. And both yeah. of them are very big indicators that there's a very hurt child underneath. Exactly. All right, well, we could talk forever, as we always do, but uh, remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. So if you can, you can provide it in any number of ways, probably the best is to go to thewellnesscouch.com slash love hyphen life. But I know that a lot of you prefer the Facebook page. Yeah, well, there they can private message because they often feel more mm. um, private, discreet, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show, one word. We'd love to hear from you. We do our best to answer your questions and uh, hope that this podcast has helped. Uh, so if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, and, of course, you can also check out thewellnesscouch.com for all of our archives um, of the show. We're, we are nearly at one year. We're about we're into about our 50th episode, so 50 weeks Yay! of the year. We've got two weeks to go and we've got an anniversary, Jane. <laughs> so until next week, everyone, continue to double your happiness, love your inner children, and have an amazing week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.